0: Third Week, a series called Believe. Uh, The essence of the word believe means to believe something and to be convinced of its truth, even if you don't know that you're right in believing it or not. That's the essence of the word believe. And so we're in the midst of this awesome series, and and we've been making these affirmations, these public statements that we're saying, you know what? We believe, and we're declaring that God's going to do this in our life. Amen? Our first believe statement was that we declared that we believe we were positioned in 2015 in a time like this, amen, that we were positioned as believers, that God has taken us and transplanted us, and he could have planted you into any time in history, but God desired to do it in this time, amen, and in week two, we talked about how we believe that dead things can live, we believe that God can resurrect dead relationships, we believe that God can resurrect spiritually dead people in our city, and we talked about the spiritual condition of our city, and in this week, in week three, I want to talk to you from 1 Chronicles chapter 4, excuse me, verse 9. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. I'm going to read this scripture and I'm going to pray and we're going to thank God for everything he's doing in your life. Amen. How many of you women made it out to the, to the women's meeting this past Tuesday? Anybody here? Do you guys enjoy yourself? Is it, is it everything it's hyped up to be or is it just, it's, it's more? Because oh. I walked in there on Wednesday morning and the whole floor was wet. So y'all must have been crying a lot. So I just want to take care of that next time, ladies. Amen. So um, we'll keep on going here. I'm just kidding, guys. First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine. And it says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, oh, God, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders. And that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it may, might not bring me pain. And God granted, somebody say, God granted what he asked. Come on, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the worship. We thank you, Lord, for getting us all here safely. But Father, over the course of the next 25 minutes, as we hear your word, our prayer is that you would open our hearts. Our prayer is, God, that you would just sow a seed into us, God, a seed of faith. A seed of belief in what you've purposed us to do and called us to do as a church. That we would believe everything that you've you said over us. And that you would confirm it in 2015. That no word that has fallen from your lips, God, has come on bad soil. It's not coming in vain, God, but we believe, Lord. It is your divine appointment, your providence, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Scripture is full of amazing people, men and women who've done great things. You have Elijah Elijah the prophet who had fire falling from heaven when he called them to God. You had Elisha who did a great many miracles. You had people like Noah who built the ark and men like David. David killed Goliath. And you have all these great heroes of the faith, as we would call them. You have Abraham, a man who just went wherever God told him to do and said and did whatever God told him to say. Great kings and good kings and bad kings. And then in the midst of all these people, the Bible recalls, in the midst of everybody, the Bible talks about, of all the great things they did nestled right in the middle is a man named Jabez. Jabez did nothing of merit except that he prayed. He's remembered for this prayer. Jabez is, 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 he's nestled in the middle of nine chapters of genealogy. Nine chapters of just name after name, recording all the people of Israel. Here is Jabez smack in the middle of this genealogy. And I love that because it tells me that God doesn't just deal with nations. He deals with individuals. It tells you that God doesn't just deal on a grand scale, he deals on an individual scale, and he's a caring God to an individual need, an individual problem. God cares. Look to somebody next to you and tell them God cares. I find it ironic in the place he's remembered is in the midst of name after name after name. And in these scriptures, we find our third affirmation. If you're taking notes, this is our third affirmation for 2015. We believe that God will enlarge our territory and extend our influence in 2015. We believe in God to enlarge our territory, to extend our influence in 2015. This is not really an individualistic prayer, uh, a sermon today. This is more a vision casting church-wide, city-wide sermon for you today to encourage you towards the vision of our church. Amen. Jabez is almost unknown in scripture. The only time we hear of Jabez is in these two verses. It's confounded theologians for centuries, and they, they love these two scriptures because it's just so packed with things that God is doing in Jabez's life. Jabez was a man who knew pain. He was a man who, according to what his mother called him, she bore him in pain, so she named him pain. His name in Hebrew literally just means pain. And I love this because Jabez is praying for a better future, irregardless of the pain he's caused in the past. Jabez is asking God to bless him, irregardless, and and Jabez is talking to a context of, he's not just talking about the things he's caused his mom, but the sins that he has in his life, or the things that he's done in the past. Because you see, at the end of his prayer, he says, I don't want to cause anybody pain anymore. He says, Lord, that you would bless me. Jabez is asking God for a blessing over his life, and the Bible says that Jabez was honorable, the word honorable simply means worthy of honor. Honor means respect. He's a man who's worthy of respect. And it also says he's more honorable than any of his brothers in his family. We don't know if this is telling us that Jabez had a bad family or if we know that it's telling us that Jabez was just ahead head above the rest. But what it's telling us that we do know is that God saw Jabez as honorable because Jabez was living a life that honored God. Are you with me today, church? Do you realize this? Jabez is not being honored in the Bible for heroic acts. He's being honored for righteous living. Because righteous living is heroic before God. That when you can live clean in this dirty world, when you can do good things in the midst of all the bad, when you can do that to God, that is honorable. And Jabez is praying this prayer, and he's saying, God, that you would bless me. Do you realize that God does want to bless you? This isn't a name and claimant, as I always tell you, but God has a desire to bless you. And there's nothing greater than having the blessing of God on your life. The blessing of God in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, the blessings of God. Jabez is saying, Lord, permeate everything that I own. Permeate every aspect of my life. Permeate what I call mine. Lord, permeate it. Bless it right now. He's asking God to enter in, and he realizes what God told his forefather Abraham in Genesis 12 too. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. That's the part you cannot forget when God blesses you, that you are blessed to be a blessing. You are, you are saved so that you might save others. God heals you so that you might bring healing to others. And God brings salvation to you that you might bring salvation to others. And everything God does in your life, he desires that you would duplicate it in somebody else's life. But sometimes we act like we're the end stop. We're the drop. That's it. It's, it's after us, we're done. And God says, no, I'm desiring to do something in you that you might redo it in someone else. That you might recreate it in another person's life. Jabez knew that the foundation of his prayer had to be selflessness instead of selfishness. When you pray, church, is the basis of your prayer selflessness or selfishness? Is it, God, I need you to get me this so that I can do this for my family and myself? Jabez's prayer was different. Jabez was from the tribe of Judah, and Judah was the ruling tribe of Israel. They were the tribe where, where they had all the, the diplomats and the politicians, as you would call them. And Jabez, in essence, is saying, Lord, would you bless me? Because if you bless the leadership, everybody on the bottom gets blessed too. If you bless the people at the top, Lord, if you bless us with wisdom in order to rule these people, everyone in the nation is going to be blessed. He prayed a prayer of selflessness, not selfishness. He prayed a prayer that would help others. Jabez remembered his ancestor Jacob who wrestled with God and said to God, I won't leave and I won't let you go until you bless me. Jabez knew it was possible to apprehend the blessing of God through prayer, through communication with God. Church, when the motivation of your prayers is aligned with the heart of God, it'll happen. But if your prayer is aligned with the heart of selfishness, it won't come to pass. If your prayers are aligned only for self, uh, moving your own life forward, then it's not going to come to fruition. But Jabez understood principles and he understood that God can do exactly what he was asking for. Because Jabez wasn't asking for himself, he was asking For others. Then jabez he said this, and this is my focus for today. He said, Lord, that you would enlarge my territory. He was from the tribe of Judah. And he wasn't saying that. What he wasn't saying was this, Lord, I want more land to rule. I want more everything for me. He was saying, Lord, my people need more land to live on. My people need more territory. My people, I love the word, we need borders. Because when you hear borders, I think of Limitations. When I hear borders, I think of places that I can't go without proper identification. Last year, when my my wife was still pregnant, we went on our yearly vacation to Jamaica. Rather, in 2013. And we went to Jamaica, and when we got to the airport in Jamaica, we had to produce our paperwork, which is our passport, in order to get into the country. And then in order to get out of the country, we had to also produce the proper paperwork. And then we landed in New York. We drove to Connecticut, spent one night at the house, and then we drove off to Canada. And then when we got to the borders of Canada, we had to again produce a proper paperwork in order to get into the borders of a different land. If you understand what I'm saying is the blessing of God over your life is the proper paperwork to extend the borders of your life, to extend the things that God is doing in your life. But too many of us don't apprehend the blessing through prayer and we think it just has to come to us. You've got to have the proper identification to get across the border. And he's saying, God, I want you to extend my borders. The only other way to extend borders is nationally through war. And if you look at it from that concept and that perspective, then you have to wage a spiritual war in your prayer closet in order to get to the place that God is calling you and to the place where God desires for you. If you can use the proper paperwork to get past the borders where God is trying to. To bring you where God is trying to bring the church, where God is trying to bring the vision and the mission that we've birthed here at Citywide Church. I don't know about you, but i got gotten to that place in my life where church as usual doesn't really do it for me. I'm at that place in my life where I want to see God do something greater than what I've ever seen in my life. I'm at that place in my life where I firmly believe that in 2015, God desires to expand the borders of our church, where God desires to expand the influence, and I'm seeing it take place already in my personal life. I'm believing that God will expand the borders of your life, the borders of your careers, the borders of your finances. As as you seek him, God will expand your borders. He'll expand your influence. Jabez said, Lord, that you would enlarge my territory." That you would flourish in my life. He was asking God for new lands that he might move into. That his people might conquer. That his people might endure with. Because his prayer was a prayer of selflessness. His prayer was a prayer saying, God, I need you to bless me so that I would be able to bless others. The prayer Jabez prayed would put a demand on his life, church. It would put a cost on his life. I firmly believe in my life that most of you are not prepared to handle God answering your prayers. You're not prepared to have God answer prayers for your life. And that may seem crazy. I remember when I was pastoring and working a secular job at the same time. And I was going to school full time. And one day I said to God, God, you got to make a way. I can't do this forever. Three weeks later, I got fired. Went home, God, why would you let this happen to me? I don't understand. I was in my room lamenting, straight proverb style, lamenting. Just, Lord, I don't know why thou would do this, this to me. If. I tore my clothes, put sackcloth and ashes on my head. Lord, I don't know why you're doing this to me. And then God, he literally just told me, he said to me, he's like, but you wanted this. But the problem with what you want from God is you want a gift that's already unwrapped, batteries put in. You want it all assembled. Mm. You know, I love Ikea and I hate Ikea. Everybody knows where I'm going with this. I love Ikea because the stuff looks good in their showroom. Because they built it. But then you get these boxes that you got to bring home. With instructions that aren't even in English, and if they are, they're always missing two screws and five bolts. You never have everything you need. Everybody like that's true. This is this is truth. And then you got to spend forty minutes to an hour setting it up, and you can't use power tools because the stuff isn't that great. You could break it. It all requires hand power, and by the end of it, you're excited, and it took you like. Two hours to build and three days to fall apart. This is true. I've confirmed in my heart that I will only buy quality furniture from here on out. And it's kind of like that is almost how we act in terms of God. Because we pray for a blessing and then God sends it to you in a box that you have to assemble it. And you got to do some work with it and you got to put it together. And you got to make sure that it works right. And all the time, God doesn't give you the proper instructions you might think you need. A lot of times, the blessings of God come disguised in work clothes. And because Christians don't want to work, we don't do it. The fact of the matter is that Jabez was praying a prayer that would put a demand over his life. You want a healthy marriage, but you don't want to pray together. You want happy kids who behave, but you won't teach them God's word. They go to bed and go to sleep every night without hearing a prayer. They don't hear God's word at home. They don't do that. But we want all these things that we're not willing to carry the weight of. Is anybody hearing me today? The silence is getting deafening in this place. Yes, I'm walking up your street today. We want these big things from God, but we know we're too little to carry them. And the only way that you can carry most of the things you're asking God for is you have someone by your side to do it, whether friend or or spouse. But the biggest ploy of the enemy is to get you to be alone by yourself. That's why I love what's happening with the women's group. Breaking down walls of isolation and bondage. Breaking down the works of the enemy. What God is calling us to do as a body, church, I can't carry it myself. You can't carry yourself. It takes a collective effort to get before God and say, God, we want you to enlarge our territory, but that means we're all willing to carry the burden for the kingdom of God. To carry the burden for the believers. To carry the burden for the needs of the church. To carry the burden. Lord, if we're going to believe that we're the largest soul-saving effort in Bridgeport, it means we're going to be the largest caring people in Bridgeport. Because we're going to carry a burden that's larger than anybody else's. Because we're saying, God, we're believing for something bigger and something greater. Jabez wanted something greater from God. And he was like, God, I understand that what I'm asking for is going to put a demand on my life. What I'm asking for is going to put a a burden over my life that I can't just live life as usual. I want to challenge you that if you're praying to God and then living life as usual, you're not living a life that God will answer prayers to. Because at some point, you got to start walking in faith. Walking in faith. I always talk about how my father, he would, he would preach to empty chairs because he was walking in faith. And, and I would see him turn during his preachings to a bunch of empty chairs. And he's just, whatever he's preaching, he's preaching at them. And I used to ask him, Dad, why are you preaching to those empty chairs? One day they're going to be full. And if I believe it, i got to start walking in it now. So that when I have people over there, I'm used to going like this already. And then I don't have to keep on changing the way I preach. Are you walking in a way that professes God's going to do it? If you're single, are you saving for your spouse? Real quiet. They're like, no. (laughs) You know, single people, if you want to get married, there's a wedding coming. Are you saving for it? You're not walking in the plan saying, God, I'm believing you're going to do it. And then God brings you somebody. He's like, Lord, I need money to marry that person. Lord, do it. Do it, Lord. And we're waiting for a magic trick. And God says, it's not magic. It's common sense and stewardship. Common sense and stewardship. I heard one quote of a a pastor. She was talking and she was saying that sometimes we we ask God for miracles that just take management. And if we would just manage things right, we wouldn't need to ask God for a miracle. I want to challenge you today that if God's going to do something big in your life, amen, you're going to need to have the foundation built that God can do it in. Here's our three calls to action for today. Here's, I will think expansively. Somebody say that with me. I will think expansively. Come on, say it like you mean it. I will think expansively. The first step to seeing God expand our territory, that's all right, is our mindset. Somebody say my mindset. Many of us live in a limited mindset because we have limited thoughts. Oh, I'll never be able to contribute to God's plans. God can't use me. God can't change me. The city's too big to reach. People don't want to hear about God these days. I'm too busy at work. I'm too busy at home. I can't be used. No matter how hard I try, I still fall down. We have excuse after excuse after excuse as to why we can't do things in our life. And it doesn't just happen in church. It happens at home. It happens in your personal life. It happens in your workout life. Amen. Amen. Yes. I can't work out. I'm too busy. I can't work out. I'm too, I'm too heavy. I can't work out. I'm out of shape. That's the point of working out. Is anybody here today? We have thoughts of oppression and depression and suppression constantly running through our minds. And we wonder why we live our lives and we feel so small and so limited. But the Bible tells us, for as a man, thinketh, so, he is. As a man, think. If you think small, you're going to create small. If you do little, God will only bless little. Many of us wonder why our lives are limited, but it's clear from the scripture that limited thoughts lead to a limited life. Faithless lives lead to no miracles from God. But thoughts of power and authority and victory and strength and peace and joy will create those things that you're believing God for. If you believe God for joy and you begin to walk in joy, you're going to see joy start to permeate your life. If you believe you have the authority, you're going to walk around one day and start cursing out demons and casting them out in Jesus' name. And it's going to begin to happen because you're walking in the authority and the victory of God. If you begin to walk and think victoriously, you will not keep falling into the same old sins you always do because you're going to be living a life of victory in God. If you are believing this, that God's going to do it, you got to change the way you think. The Bible says, have a renewing in your mind, no longer conforming to the things and the patterns of this world. If we want Citywide to be a large soul-saving church, we need to have a change of mindset. Limited thinking says, the church is getting too big. I liked it better when it was small. Expansive thinking says, the need is so big, our church is too small. We need more space. We need more accommodations. We need more locations. We need to do something bigger. Because the need is great. If you wait for somebody else to do it, God will use somebody else to do it. The need is in your ball court. God is putting it in your life. Limited thinking says the bigger we get, the more we have to do. But expansive thinking says the bigger we get, the bigger opportunity God can use me. The more opportunity that God can teach me. The more things that God can do through my life. Are you hearing me today? If you think limited, God will bring limited. Greater, and you think with an expansive mindset, then God will do something greater in your life. It takes a selfless church to be a big church. Because it's less about you and more about the big picture of souls getting saved. Can I, can I answer your question if you're selfless or selfish? If you wake up in the morning and don't feel like going to church because of what you're going through, selfishness. Selflessness says, regardless, God, I'm coming. Regardless, God, I got a purpose. Regardless, God, I got a role to play. Regardless, God, people are dependent on me. My relationship with God means something to somebody else. Selflessness, church, is the mindset that God would desire for us to have, not selfishness not getting caught up in the cares of the world you have to have an expansive mindset i will think expansively i will think of the bigger picture i will think of greater i don't know about you but i always have on my mind greater i hired a photographer to take this picture i hired him because i have greater on my mind i said i need you to capture something that's in my head and I explained to him what I had and he, he has a drone and he flew this drone up and he took the picture of the city and, and it was great for me because now I know that I can pray over the whole city and I have this picture in my office and in my, on my computer and I pray over it and I'm saying, God, God, I'm believing you, not just for the west side, not just for the north end. I don't want, I want the whole thing to be touched by your grace and by your mercy. I want them all to come to know the greatness of God, the saving grace that is Jesus Christ that has transformed your life. Are you hearing me today? Think expansively. I didn't have him come take a picture of this building. That's limited thinking. I said, take a picture of the whole city. Because I'm believing God for greater. I'm believing God to expand our borders. to, To expand our influence. Church, we need to think expansively rather than limiting God in our thoughts. Because when you limit God in your thoughts, he has no chance to work. Because God will not violate you I want to hear a powerful truth God will only do in you what you allow him to and if there's something in your life that hasn't happened the answer is in your mirror that's it we're believing God for something we're trusting God for something we're believing God for greater and to enlarge our territory. Here's my second I will statement for today. Somebody say it with me. I will speak intentionally. I will speak intentionally. Jabez said, the Lord, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my boulders, that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that I might, might not bring pain. Jabez confessed the desires of his heart to God. He spoke those things that are not as though they were. God, I want you to enlarge my borders. He was believing from God that the Lord would grant his request. And he did because he was honorable. Church, if you want to see God move in your neighborhood and in your life, you need to start speaking intentionally. You need to pray intentional prayers. You can't just have a, a faith that God's going to do something but never bring it before him. The Bible says, bring all your petitions before the Lord in prayer and supplication. Bring all your petitions and say, God, I'm placing this at your feet and I'm believing that you're going to do it. Proverbs eighteen twenty one tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Are you speaking that life like we talked about last week? Are you declaring that God will do it? Are you believing that you're going to see God move? Are you speaking with intention? Let me ask you this. Would you like to live in the future your mouth is leading you to? Would you like to live in the place your mouth is talking about? Some of us, we we talk about our life as if it's the worst thing on the planet. We talk so much negativity. We complain about jobs and work and this and that. We complain and complain and complain. And don't you realize that people spend 40 years in a spiritual wilderness and a physical wilderness because they complained and bickered against god the people of israel the book of exodus and god says no no no! you've got to speak where you want your life to head you got to speak with intention we quote that scripture all the time The power of life and death are in the tongue but many of us don't apply it is this concept cliche in your life cliche meaning it's lost its authority and its power are you gonna speak intentionally that God is going to do it and then when God does it you have to carry the burden that God has given you carry the burden God has given you the burdens that God gives they're heavy they're heavy in terms of of the work we have to do the places God is leading you to are you intentional about your speech Are you intentional? Are people going to be blessed by what you say? Or are they going to be cursed by what you say? Come on, church. If God was near you, would you keep on saying it? I want to challenge you in 2015 to believe that God is going to do what he said he will do in your life. To believe that God will bless the things that you work towards honorably. Jabez got before God and he was an honorable man, a man who lived after God. And he said, Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. And he spoke it with faith. He spoke it believing God. And the Bible says simply, and God answered his prayers. Here's my last one. I will live pain-free. I will live pain-free. And I thought about this and I even... I had a consultant on this. I was talking to somebody who often helps me out with ideas. And I was talking to them and I said, I don't know if I like the way I worded this one. And we talked about it for a couple of days almost, I think. And and, and in the end, we said, "Eh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He says this. Jabez says this. Listen to this. He says, Lord, keep me from harm that it might not bring me pain. And this is what Jabez is really saying. He's saying, Lord. Because the word harm in the Hebrew means evil. He's saying, Lord, keep me from sin. Keep me from sin. That I might not bring pain to the places you're calling me. Because some of you want to get into the place God has for you with the sin you got. If God brings the blessing that he has over your life and expands your borders he's simply expanding your influence of sin understand that if you go into the place God is calling you to in sin not caring about what God has for you then you're going to multiply that where God's calling you to and Jabez is saying listen God I don't want to do that no more Maybe Jabez had little sins in his life. Maybe Jabez had big sins. We don't know. We know that the Bible calls him honorable. But can I ask you this question today? What would keep you from the place God's calling you to? I love what Paul says in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, since we are encompassed by such a great crowd of witnesses, he says, talking about let us cast off all these things, and then he gets to this little part that I love so much. He says, and let us flee. Flee, run, let us get away from the sins that so easily. And this 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 terminology that Paul's using, he's just saying, There's certain sins, and I wish I had a witness, and y'all gonna look at me like y'all are all holy, but that's fine. I, I wish I had a witness. There's certain sins that it doesn't matter how hard you try. You ever saw somebody walking on ice, trying really hard not to fall? And no matter how hard they tried, they still fell. No matter how hard they worked at it, they still ended up with bruises. No matter how hard they did it, they still messed up. He says, listen, there's a, there's certain sins that they easily, one version says, entangle you. It's like one of those wires that gets really, really tangled up, and you got to untangle it. And it takes a long time. Paul says, listen, there's some sins that easily entangle you. They hinder you. He says, throw them off. Throw them aside. Let them go. Just don't deal with that no more. He says, run the race with perseverance marked out for us. Run it with perseverance, the place that God has marked out out for us. And I was I was just praying this week, and I felt the Lord, he was saying, He was saying, Lewis, I want to do great things in your life. He was saying, Lewis, I want to do great things with the church. Amen. I want to do great things. And here's the thing about God. There is nothing that God desires to do in your life that is small. Here's why I say that. Because if God desired to put it into your life to do, he thought enough of you to do it. Let me tell you something. If the president of the United States of America whether you voted for him or not, called you and said, Brother Jason, I'm going to be at Bassett High School next Sunday morning. I need you to make sure I have three seats. That's all, just three seats. Let me tell you something. Jason going to walk around the building like he owns it. Listen, I'm on a mission from the president. I need three seats. Well, Jason, come down. I need three seats right here. Stephanie, I need you to get up. I need that seat right there. He'll kick anybody out of their seat for those three seats, right? But if God says, Jason, fill those three seats with souls. I don't know. Do I really want to do that, God? If God told you to do it, it's no small thing. Because God's so great and so smart and so wise that every small thing will have a great big result. And God says, if you would do this small thing, you don't know who else those three seeds will bring in. And you might save that person and they'll save five people. You might save that person and they'll save 10 people. You don't know. There's no small thing. But here's what happens to us is we get entangled in all these little sins and these easily entangled things. The cares of this world, tiredness, And the Lord was telling me, I want to do these great things with you and with the church and with all these people. But the problem is, is that they're always entangled in small things. And how can I do big things with people that are stuck in small things? Small mentalities, small mindsets. I I'm convinced of who God calls me. I'm convinced of what God has told me to do. I'm not always convinced that I can do it. But I'm convinced of what he told me to do. You got that? I'm not always sure of myself, but I'm sure of what he said. And so I had to, chose to chosen, or rather, chosen to live a life that is worthy of him bringing me down that road I have to live a life that's worthy of God blessing I have to live a life where even the small things gotta go with a mentality of I'm not where I used to be has to go and say I need to get where God has called me to be even right now for the Holy Spirit saying the greatest small sin that gets big too fast is doubt doubting God We got to let go of doubt, church. We have to let go of all the things in your life that don't please God. And I'm telling you something. When you live in a way that is honorable to God, and you live in a way that God can bless, God will expand your borders and enlarge your territory. You will be blessed to the point where you can't contain it, as the Bible says. You know why God says that? Because you're not supposed to contain the blessings of God. You're supposed to release them, release them back to others. And Jabez is praying this giant prayer. and He's remembered, church, he is remembered for praying this prayer. This is all that Jabez is, there's no other person in scripture who's remembered for a single prayer. You ought to believe that this is important to God. That you would read the scripture and understand that he said some things that are powerful. It was so important to God. that in, Nestled in the middle of genealogy and family history. He says, oh, and there was Jabez. This guy is cool. He prayed that I would enlarge his territory and keep him from pain. And so I did it. That's powerful. Church, that is powerful. That God remembers Jabez for the simple prayer. That God, will you bless me, enlarge my territory, and keep me from bringing a mess into the places you're calling me? Some of you might not be that tied to the vision of our church yet. But here's what you should be thinking right now, Lord: I don't want to take any of the garbage in 2014 into my 2015. I'm three weeks in; I can't deal with the same sins, the same bad relationships. I can't deal with the premarital sex I was dealing with. I can't deal with the drunkenness I was dealing with. I can't deal with any of the uh, the debauchery and the the sinful things that are not godly. I can't deal with those things. I don't want to take that into the future that you're giving me. I don't want to bring all this, God. Because if I bring all that, I'm back at square one. Some people I know, they live at square one. They live for square one. They're good at square. I'm not a square one kind of guy. I'm kind of like, I need to get to the goal. pass two. give me 200 bucks every time. I need to get moving and see God do something miraculous and see God do something big and see God change lives and, and, and heal people's hearts. But you can't do that until we let go of the things that beset us. And Jabez nailed it. He said, Lord, that it may not bring pain. Notice that Jabez didn't say that it would bring pain to me. He didn't, he didn't specify all that. He said it wouldn't bring pain. Are you hearing me today, church? We can't move forward until, like Josh was saying earlier, we take the limits off. Come on, every person in this room, just bow your heads right now. What are your limits with God? what's your limits with God what are the things that are there in your life that don't please him and don't honor him where's the limitations because there's some places God won't take you past until you let go of some things Holy Spirit you see every heart you see every individual here today God and you know their needs and you know their their walk you know where they're at with you you know if they're not with you God Lord, we've not assembled here in vain, but we've assembled here, God, that you might touch us, renew us, and strengthen us. Lord, we're believing that you're going to enlarge borders and push past territories. God, we're believing you're going to do something greater. But Lord, before you do the big, could you take care of the small? Take care of the things in us right now. Take care of the things that don't please you in our lives, God. Take care of them right now in Jesus' name. I just feel the Holy Spirit saying He's healing broken-hearted people, people who God is trying to heal you and touch your life because of the situations of your life. You've fallen into depression, and God says, "No, it's time to come out." have not called you to remain in that hurt transition out Lord in this year I pray that you would strengthen every marriage I pray over every marriage in this church God that you would strengthen them that nothing would beset us Father God no sins would entangle us God come on I come against the works of pornography in the church come against the works of pornography in Jesus name addictions father god we pray lord that that men with addictions to pornography would submit them to you in jesus name that we wouldn't take the mess into the miracle father god god i pray that you would break bondages in this place come on if you know god's dealing with your heart would you just jump to your feet with your head about after you jump to your feet just you're not looking around you know god's dealing with you just jump to your feet amen amen You know God's working in your heart. That's right. Strengthen us, Father God. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, Father God. Come on, Lord. We don't want those things in our hearts and our lives anymore. We don't want to deal with these sins anymore, God. We don't want to deal with these small things anymore, God. Because we're believing that you're going to enlarge our territory, God. That you're going to enlarge our influence, God. That you're going to push past the places we've been to in our former life, God. We're believing it, God. We're believing it, Holy Father. But Lord, we can't move forward until we submit some things to you. Here's what I want you to do, church. I can make you come to the front. I can talk to you and do all that jazz stuff. But here's what I want to do. I want you with your own heart to deal with God in this moment. Right where you stand. He's meeting you in the place of your need. Right where you stand. And declare to him, God, I don't want to wrestle with these things anymore. God, I don't want to deal with some of the things that I've been dealing with anymore. I want you to begin to right now repent from them. And say, God, I repent in Jesus that I will turn from these things in Jesus' name. Holy Father you hear every mouth you see every heart If we would pray God that you would release it in Jesus name bondage is coming off in Jesus name sickness is coming off in Jesus name you are the healer Father God emotionally and spiritually and physically you are the healer God cry out to you this morning Father God God that you